May the word of God be spoken. May the word of God be heard. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, good morning. My name is Steve Carlson. I am on the bishop's staff. I am the canon for congregational development. And I'm just delighted that Dean Churchwell invited me to be with you today uh, in this fall, beautiful fall day, uh, as you're preparing for a new consecration Sunday, but also just to be in the cathedral of the diocese. I have a soft spot for cathedrals and happy to see your ministry and be with you. My job in Vitality is the best job in the diocese. I get to go encourage people to learn. Lower learning anxiety, encourage people to step out and try some new things, and I am looking forward to seeing more of what God is doing with you all here at St. Paul's. Our gospel lesson today is uh, the last time in year B, next year is the Next Sunday is the last Sunday in your Bible. We'll hear from John next week. But this is the last time we hear Mark's gospel as a regular gospel on our Sunday. We've been following Jesus all the way to Jerusalem, and Jesus talks about uh, in things today, um, and then goes on. The next chapter is the Passion. So that's the context for our lesson. But what's going on is uh, the... Today our lesson begins with the uh, disciples being sort of rubes from the country. Look at those great big stones. Look at that. I'm kind of a rube from the country. I love going around and seeing amazing monuments and temples and skyscrapers and churches and cathedrals. I feel very much like that. I feel like that here today. What a beautiful place. Look at this lovely stone church. Anybody else like to be a rube from the country to go out and just stand in awe of some of the wonderful buildings? Well, these, these stones that they're talking about were indeed historic. When Herod uh, came, was put in power by the Romans to, uh, as a vassal to take care of um, the land of Israel, he did something extraordinary. He took the Temple Mount and he made the mountain bigger and wider. Today, the only stones that are still stacked are on the Western Wall, and some of those stones are, I think I've read, one, one of them is 300 tons, some of the largest stones ever quarried. So the disciples are actually looking at something amazing. Look at those stones. These great stones were in the, in the wall, the retaining wall that Herod built. They were in the massive buildings that he built. That temple was one of the wonders of the ancient world. And Jesus uh, heard what he said and was not impressed. He said, not one stone will remain upon another. That was his prophecy. And we know that in the year uh, 70 AD, that happened, and just to make sure it was completely done, the Romans came back again in, I think, 135, and any stone that might have been still stacked was overturned, and horses were garrisoned in the Holy of Holies. The um, Temple to Jupiter was built with the stones that remained. 
this great wonder of the ancient world, these amazing large quarried stones, that monument didn't last a hundred years. You know, in my travels in my Arub from the country going around the world, I remember traveling in Peru and seeing these amazing Inca stones. Uh, the Incans built, were very good at dressing stones in odd shapes. There's one with 12 angles, and every stone around them fits perfectly without mortar. And it's the, the seam is completely closed up. You couldn't get a piece of paper between these stones. And on top of them, are these kind of ugly courses of stones that the Spanish conquistadors put on. Well, they tore down the temple that the Incans had and built the palace of the archbishop with the stones that they'd torn down. Because that's the way it goes with empire. Empires like to build massive buildings of stone and today steel and glass and concrete marble and limestone. I like to put them up to show strength, power, and to give that idea that this is so great, it's going to last forever. But we go back and you travel, travel, you see that there's always these layers of foundations where they've been torn down. And new folks have come along and built right on top of the old. And Jesus says, this is going to happen to this temple. And it makes the disciples afraid. When is this going to happen? It would make me afraid. When is this going to happen? You know, all of creation that God made can be one of two things. All of creation could be an icon or it can be, at the very same time, an idol. Let's take the great cathedrals of Europe, who's seen Canterbury or Salisbury, these giant cathedrals made of heavy stone that look like they're floating in the air. They look like they're held up by the light that shines through. And for many, they've been a window of God's grace, seeing God's goodness and blessing flowing into us in these great monuments of stone that are iconic, that show us God's grace. But sometimes, the very same thing can be an idol, a monument to ourselves, a mirror in which we worship our own selves reflected back at us. The very same thing can be one or the other. We as churches, we've got to think about that. Be careful that we're allowing God's grace to shine through. But also listen to what Jesus said to the disciples. Not one stone shall be left upon another. Because when God wants to write iconically, when God wants a lasting message, God has the words that endure forever. Heaven and earth may pass away, Jesus says later in the chapter, but my words will last forever. And Jesus knows where those words should be, that that word should be incarnate in human flesh, should be inscribed within. In another gospel, Jesus says, that temple will be torn down and raised again in three days because the great temple that Jesus had in mind was the body of Christ.
that frail human flesh is God's favorite monument. God wants to inscribe God's word within human flesh and does that in a manger and on a cross and in your lives. Next Sunday, I understand you've been on the path to New Consecration Sunday. You're headed toward coming together as a congregation, one service, worshiping together at 10 o'clock. Isn't that right, Dean? 10 o'clock. Don't miss it. Don't come at 11. Come at 10. You're going to worship together uh, for new consecration. You know, this altar was consecrated how long ago? 100 years or more? You, I'm sure you know, know the history better than I. This building was consecrated. Earlier Episcopalians built this as an icon of God's grace. But on Sunday, next Sunday, uh, the cathedral that God will be consecrating are you, the people of St. Paul's. You are the material on which God's word is to be written. You know, human f flesh is frail. It seems so much weaker than stone or glass or marble or steel. But human flesh and the human heart has something that stone doesn't have, that it can grow, that can be vital, that it can expand. It, it can break and be mended and grow back together stronger than before. You're going to come together next week as one in one worship service and be newly consecrated for the mission that God has for you, asking God to write that mission upon your heart and then ask out of your gratitude for that call to respond with generosity, with giving, with the first fruits of your life and labor as a symbol of all that you are, body and soul, offered to God. We have no choice but to offer back to God what God gives to us because everything comes from God and everything returns to God. And while we are here, we are merely stewards of God's blessing and abundance. I'll be, I will be visiting another church next week, but I will be praying for you as you gather for new consecration, as you gather to hear God's call and as you listen for your call to, in response to be, be here with glad and generous hearts. Because God is building a great cathedral here at 7th and Robinson. And you are the cathedral that God is building. Amen.